sleep, Obaida, and by morning all will be forgotten. My mother's advice worked quite well for most troubles. An argument with my sister, a bad grade, a tear in my favorite dress. But six months ago, something so bad happened that even her wisdom could not see me through it. As hard as I try, the memory won't go away, and that's because a reminder of that gruesome day lives in my home and calls me daughter. I try to focus on my father's gentle face or his perfectly complete hands, but my eyes always drift down to where his leg used to be, and everything comes back in one horrible rush. On that terrible day, at the very beginning of spring, my father had taken me to see the doctor. My parents were worried because I had been coughing for two whole weeks and my throat was so sore I could hardly eat. The doctor looked in my throat and put a stethoscope to my chest. When he was done, he gave my dad a prescription for antibiotics. On our way home, my father decided we should stop by the pharmacy to pick up the medication. I was so tired from all the walking. It was morning and my father still wanted to get to work in the afternoon. He found a plastic chair outside a clothing store and told me to wait for him there. I watched him walk the two blocks down the street and go into the pharmacy. When he came out, he had a small paper bag in his hand. He lifted it into the air and waved at me with a smile. That medicine was for me and it's the only reason we were in the market that day. I try not to think about that too much. A second later, a white car pulled up in front of the pharmacy and blocked my view. I waited for my father to reappear. After that, things get pretty fuzzy. I remember the loudest sound I've ever heard. I remember smoke and screaming and people running. I remember horns and fire and the sound of glass breaking. I remember putting my hands over my ears and falling to the ground. I stayed that way for a long time, waiting for the sounds to stop. I looked up and tried to find my father, but where I'd last seen him standing, there was only the car. It was missing its hood and inside the car was one big ball of flames. I'm sure I was crying. I don't know if I was screaming. My throat hurt even more the next day, so I probably had been. Everyone was trying to get away from the white car. Everyone but me. I ran right into the smoke, which I now know was a bad idea, but I wasn't really thinking straight. There were people on the ground, I looked only at their faces. I ignored everything else. I grabbed my father from under his arms and tried to drag him away from the car, but he was too heavy. A couple of men helped me, one on either side. They started doing something to my father's leg. I was waiting for my father's eyes to open and didn't pay much attention to anything aside from his face. I just wanted him to talk to me. It wasn't until we were at the hospital that I realized the men had used their jackets to wrap up the wound where half my father's leg had been blown off. 
their brown jackets turned dark and wet in a way that made my stomach lurch. It was the worst thing I've ever seen, and I'm glad I don't remember more of it. My father stayed in the hospital for weeks. We didn't visit him much that spring because my mother said it was no place for children. He came home with a stump wrapped in white gauze, half of his leg gone. He couldn't move around and needed help with everything. We lived on the third floor of our building, which meant that once he got into the apartment, it was really hard for him to leave because there was no elevator. My father was angry and tired all the time, probably because he was in a lot of pain. He was at his worst when his pain medications wore off or when my mother was fixing up his bandages. My mother changed the dressings on his stump every two days. She would wipe the crust off the raw, fleshy part and rewrap it as gently as she could. It was gruesome to look at.